Welcome to MSP Mindset with Damian Stevens, where we have real, no BS conversations with real MSPs who have real struggles. We dive into all things business, including marketing, culture, work-life balance, and more, all to help you grow your business, think differently, and get out of your comfort zone. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of MSP Mindset. I'm your host, Damian Stevens. I'm super excited today to talk about a subject everybody talks about, AI, but in a different way. AI for MSPs, and more importantly, with our special guest, Rob Ray. So here's what we're going to do. I know as a technologist, I want to get into all the cool stuff I can do with AI and just lose myself in the moment. But we're going to talk about how do we deal with the fear of this? That might be your fear. That may be your team's fear. It might be your client's fear. It might be their employee's fear. But we need to acknowledge there's some fear about who's going to get displaced, what's going to go on. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what do you, how do you take care of your customer? What is the opportunity as an MSP? How do we actually do something meaningful with this? And sure, we can all generate a different headline for marketing, but how do we really help them? So if that's interesting to you, drop a comment. If you'd like to hear, we'll take as many questions as we like. But spoiler, we have a ton of questions already. So let me introduce Rob Ray. He is currently, as most of you already know him, but He's currently the Corporate VP of Community and Ecosystems at PAX8. So welcome, Rob. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Super happy to be here. Yeah. So I imagine a lot of people are familiar with you, but instead of going into more than what you're doing now, I'd love to maybe give a little bit of your background, if you don't mind. Tell us a little bit more about how you ended up here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, currently corporate vice president of communities and ecosystems, as you mentioned with Pax8, I, uh, I started um, actually in, in finance way back in the day, uh, right out of school and spent about 12 years there um, working for a bank up in, in Canada. Um, I happen to be pretty young and pretty aggressive and, and back, oh, this is going to age me, but back when technology first started coming into banking, which by the way is, is kind of like a, you know, it, they're not really advanced when it comes to technology, but, you know, we started rolling out ATM machines and, and, you know, I was the, the kid that wasn't afraid of it and willing to go and talk about ATMs with people rather than coming to tellers. And then, you know, that migrated into things like internet banking. And I remember we started internet banking back in, the nineties. And I think I was one of like seven people that started that, uh, today, of course, that's, you know, millions, um, ended up getting a job in, in the hardware space with compact computers, uh, in 2000, uh, started working back then compact was a hundred percent channel only, uh, developed a relationship with, uh, the MSP channel, which used to be called resellers. Um, and then saw this pivot, uh, around the Oh four timeframe where, um, resellers are becoming MSPs focusing on services and uh, wanted to find kind of a way that we could, I could spend more time working on the services aspect rather than the hardware aspect. And that's when I found a little Canadian RMM company called Level Platforms. Uh, started working there, worked there for about six, seven years before we sold that off to ABG Technologies. And uh, that was my opportunity to leave, joined a, another MSP centric organization called Datto, which was a little startup out of Connecticut. Um, Fast forward 10 years and that company we sold for $6.2 billion, um, which was a phenomenal story because it's, uh, I want to say, probably the largest acquisition of an MSP-only organization. So I'm super proud of that. Uh, exited recently from them in October, joined uh, October of 22, uh, joined PAX8 in February of 23, and uh, now working for, again, another MSP-centric organization uh, in helping the uh, channel grow. That's awesome. Interesting story. And it's just also hard to believe 10 years to that kind of success. So that's well, crazy. It is, it is, but that's how fast we move in the MSP space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever is uh, new is going to be old tomorrow. Right. Uh, so, um, well, I thought this would be an interesting conversation because um, I will, I will share something you say, shared backstage, which is, I'm not a technology guy. So is <laughs> no. that something I'm paraphrasing? And, and no, I mean, it's and I mean completely it. accurate. Completely accurate. Which is funny, right? For a guy that 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 is doing so much in technology and helps MSPs, 
But I, I think that's also kind of what I need to hear, you know, as a technologist, uh, as a former MSP, as a technologist that often thinks that way first, um, it's really easy for me to get wrapped around the axle with AI and say, I could spend the whole afternoon, uh, you know, having a conversation about what, how, what we should do or what the future will hold or whatever that is. Um, so I wanted to get into this, like, I know you've got a lot of thoughts. You've talked to so many folks. The other thing I wanted to kind of tie in is from my perspective, um, one of the interesting things about you is nobody's, to my knowledge, said this. So I will say it, maybe people have said it, but I feel like across your career so far, if there were to be like a, you know, a cheesy trophy given, like, you know, best dad, best, you know, person, like we're not your family, but, you know, a little cheesy one, it would be like uh, most responsive, you know, like, and so just in talking to others, it's like you've, you've, you've achieved this scale, but remained entrenched in the community. You didn't rise to the or corporate kind of ivory tower and ignore. And then I, you know, it doesn't surprise me today. I still hear at MSPs that like, yeah, I just, you know, asked Rob and got an answer or something like that. So my reason for tying all together, thank you for being that responsive, you know, just on behalf of the channel. And, but I wanted to kind of set up this. So I think it gives you what I think is an interesting perspective. Like as somebody that doesn't say, Hey, I like technology just to, you know, move bits around or whatever. Um, what's your perspective on what do we in this, in the channel, what do MSPs do? How do, how do we, how do we how do we even start to engage with AI? Yeah, it's <clears throat> so just just to, to go back a little bit. I, you're right. I mean, from a technology perspective, I am not a tinkerer by any means. I, I want things just to work, and and you know, typically, I'm I'm not good at that that type of stuff. Like getting trying to figure out and troubleshooting problems and stuff, which is why. You know, I've I've spent my entire career. I'm 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 in sales. Like that is that, and I'm very proud of that. Um, what I've done though, and, and the reason why I've, I've I've been able to build a career in IT, and the reason why um, uh, I, I love being part of of this, is because when I'm when I'm talking to MSPs, like from a technology perspective, I mean, I think you self described yourself as a, a technologist. I can't teach you anything there. I, I, that's not. That's not my forte. It's not. It's there's no value of what I can what I can bring to the table there. What I do know is how to position, how to sell, how to market these types of things. Which I think is when we look at the MSP channel, that's probably one of the the weaker sides of of the skills that we have. The great part about this is that you know the end user community needs the technologist. They need somebody that understands that technology. The key is putting that link together of how does technology work? How do I position it? How do I sell it? How do I overcome objections? How do I price it? How do I make money? Those are the types of things that I've kind of been focusing a lot of my career on. And, you know, you mentioned it off the top and, and I think the, the word has been brought up a couple of times uh, and that's fear. And a lot of times um, when we, when we, fear is the ultimate motivator for anything that we do in our lives, whether it's technology, whether it's relationships, whether it's anything, we, we all make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis based on fear. There's a lot of, um, you'll hear it a lot. And it's, it's kind of this catchphrase, like don't sell on fear, which I, I think is BS. Um, fear is the ultimate motivator. We don't have to scare people. That's, that's different. Um, but fear is the ultimate motivator for any decision. So, decision, whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision. And when we talk about AI, um, similar to when I was teaching people how to use a bank machine back in the day, there was a fear of, of you know, what happens if I put my card in this? Who's going to see this information? Is it going to give me my money? You know, that kind of thing. You have to overcome those fears in order to find opportunity because ultimately fear does create opportunity. Uh, think about, you know, just the evolution of our channel moving away from reseller to MSP. That was a journey that a lot of uh, your viewers, a lot of people that I know were on. And that's scary. That's pretty scary when you're changing the way in which you've always made money to something new. Um, why were they going to pay for something that we used to give away for free or do very cheap? You know, that kind of stuff. Those are just conversations that we've been having. So a lot of it is just more of linking. How do I translate fear into opportunity? How do I translate opportunity into profit? And where does the MSP fit into all of this? And, and AI is a perfect conversation for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you picked up on something and it's like I started as a technologist. I started as a tech, out as MSP, and then was 
running an MSB. And then, and then, uh, and so it's like, I came from that background, but you know, you have to evolve just like yep. you'd evolve from reseller to MSP. I had to evolve to running a business. Now the most important thing is having the right people on the team and, and, uh, and, and those sort of things, not, uh, which tech stack, frankly, you know, in most cases. Um, and so, um, so yeah, now you have this, perhaps the easiest to get lost in, uh, technology, change. And, you know, I think starting this off with fear is wonderful. Like as counterintuitive as that sounds, right? Because there's tons of fear of displacement, fear of unknown, fear of being left behind. You know, I'm sure I couldn't do justice to even naming them, but why don't we start with that? What do I do with that? You know, my team might have some, my customers, certainly their team. I think I think the first step is first of all acknowledging it, right? Um, and and in kind of embracing it, you have to, in essence, create a, cult, a culture within your organization. And I think it starts with with the leadership. Where, um, yeah, this is scary. This is different. I don't know where this is going. I have to go and learn something new. Uh, but at the same time, almost encouraging that type of behavior is 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 going to ultimately benefit. Um, you know, no risk, no reward kind of kind of conversation. Um, you know, a perfect example, I was, I was speaking with a, a pretty advanced MSP. When I say advanced, like they're, they're already knee deep into, into AI. And now they're starting to have conversations with their end users. They have a very large co-managed opportunity um, with a manufacturer. And that manufacturer still has an in-house IT guy. And that in-house IT guy is the one that is adverse to change. And that, again, just roots from fear. Um, very simple conversation that they were having. They were um, uh, in, this is a, a multi-million dollar organization that still runs tape backup. I mean, I don't, I don't know the last time you saw a tape backup, but you know, when they start talking about, you know, this tape backup solution and redundancy plans, like his, his redundancy plan, his backup plan is to take the tapes home at night. You know, it's still that kind of old school conversation that we were having 10, 15 years ago. However, it's still happening. And again, that's rooted in fear. So if, we as technologists, as managed service providers, as the outlet of IT for all SMB worldwide, if we wrap our arms around new concepts like AI and in essence be market leaders for it, even if it turns out that this is all just nonsense and you know maybe we're maybe this is the new 5G or the new big data or whatever, you know, whatever catchphrase that just kind of never really comes to fruition or mm-hmm. never really becomes the easy. Uh, opportunity to make tons of cash, at least if we're knowledgeable enough about it, so that when people are looking for information, it's the MSP channel, it is the uh, the solution providers, the IT solution providers that they're coming to first. And, uh, and I think that's kind of our role. That's kind of our responsibility is to understand and educate. That's probably the biggest power that we have as a channel to be able to go and, and talk to end users about this and kind of eliminate that fear or, or displace that fear or validate the fear and then just kind of work around that on what can we do to, to make sure that we're on top of this. Yeah. Something that came to mind as you're discussing that is uh, I'm sure the statistics are probably made up by the AI themselves, but a lot of, I've seen statistics saying that like there has never been more shadow IT than with AI. Yeah. In other words, right. They've, they're using it but they're not telling you. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are. I'm like, what do I do as an MSP? How do I do that? Do I, do I get involved in the technology? Do I get involved in the policy? Um, I, 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 my thought is just get involved, right? Cause they don't need to be just, uh, you know, downloading whatever it is, you know, and we're subscribing to chat GPT premium and, or plus or whatever. And, and that's it, right? If you're not involved, you're out of the loop. You've lost an opportunity, but also they don't know. They're not managing it, right? There's, there, there's a, a huge unknown there. Yeah. And, that, you know, that's, that's it. Uh, it um, I think that, uh, again, if we're, if we're kind of wrapping our arms around this and understanding it uh, and becoming those experts and go-to experts around this, that's just going to create more opportunity. Um, perfect example. I, I was at an event in... Um, uh, Pennsylvania, not that long ago, and an old friend of mine, an MSP business owner. Actually, he's an old friend, but he's a fairly young guy. I think he's still in his thirties. And I turned to him, and this is just a couple months ago, and I said, "What are you doing from a, an AI perspective?" And he's like, "Oh, hell no, I'm not touching it." Um, my my customers call me about it. I tell them to stay away from it. And you know, with with anything good is going to come the bad, you know, and we're going to continue to see 
that happen. Um, mm-hmm. An example of this, like I, I, um, I was sitting around, I belong to a number of different peer groups with other executives, other channel chief executives. And, and some of these are enterprise companies. And we were, we were just kind of going round table talking about how our organizations are leveraging AI and, and how we're using it. And uh, again, it's this kind of level of fear that there's uh, organizations that just aren't, aren't willing to look at it at all and, uh, and, or just haven't had the time to kind of sit there and do it. And as we're having this conversation about how we're all at different stages of our AI education and AI usage, uh, it's reminiscent of, of think of conversations at, at similar roundtables back in the 70s and 80s when the internet was becoming a thing. And, you know, how do we control this? How are we going to make sure that it's safe? How are we going to make sure it's secure? And there's just no way to do that as, as much as we can regulate and, and, and try to dictate how everything is going to work. It's uncontrollable. There's always going to be a dark side of this. And, and we saw that with the Internet. And guess what? We've kind of figured that out. And now it's an essential piece. But, you know, I, I imagine there were executives with very large organizations sitting around back then going, the Internet's not a thing. We're not going to touch it. We're never going to use it. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of this ongoing evolution. And again, as technologists, it's kind of our responsibility to make sure we understand these things, the good sides and the bad sides, but also understand there's always going to be a bad side of this. Think about cloud evolution, like when cloud first started coming in. And, and by the way, you know, the term cloud is just something that became more public facing, but we are all in the cloud a decade before the cloud was defined as the cloud. Yet there's, you know, so much opportunity for education of what the cloud was. I mean, end users were calling saying, I want the cloud, not even understanding what that means, you know, and we still run into a lot of that nonsense today. So right. it's just embracing these, understanding these and being the go-to expert on this stuff. That's a good example. And I feel like maybe that's one, you know, uh, not going back quite as far, cloud. Like the cloud was probably feared in an unknown mm-hmm. and something only early adopters did at a certain point. Even 10 years ago, maybe for some people, that was still too new. And then, you know, there became this point where it was now, I think for a lot of people, you're, you're behind. It's cloud first. Um, I got uh, a perfect example of this. Uh, And and, and we're we're starting to see this with AI. The first initial people that are kind of out there talking about how this is going to work are generally people that are trying to figure out a way to get people to buy into what it is that they're doing and make money it's a little bit of snake oil. Like that's kind of the, like the first market or the ones that are just trying to leverage something hot and sexy right now to try to get people to, you know what? You're right. I'm scared of it. I don't know what it is, but if I give you some money, maybe you can help me understand it, that that kind of thing. And uh, it was probably about maybe about 10, 12 years ago, there was a guy on stage who was the first CSP cloud solution provider claims to be. And, you know, he made the comment that if you're not, in the cloud, like 100% full cloud within six months, you're going to be out of business. And if you don't listen to me, I'm going to take that business away from you. You can imagine how that would resonate with a group of traditional MSPs. It did not resonate very well. And guess what? <laughs> that is nowhere to be found in our space today. And, you know, we're all still trying to figure out ways to make money in the cloud. It's just it's this evolution thing. But the key is just, again, being a part of it and not leaving it behind or putting your head in the sand because that's the easy thing to do. You know, we talk about being in technology and we have to be very forward thinking and we should be the ones that are always on the cutting edge of everything. But we're human beings and it's our nature to be lazy. It's our nature to want to do as little as possible without disrupting our lives. And learning new things is always hard. It is immensely hard. Think about changing a PSA. Like I'd rather punch myself in the face repeatedly than try to change PSAs. But is it something that you should at least think about once in a while? Absolutely, you should to see if there's something better that's out there. But again, Mm -hmm. it's that resistance to change that is just absolute human nature. Yeah. Yeah. And resistance to change, fear of the unknown, maybe fear of being an early mover. Um, Yeah. It's interesting what you said, kind of the snake oil, because I feel like the the MSP, you know, most MSPs are, are really, I think, good. And the thing that they have is trust. And, you know, the the, the good MSPs, they don't sell snake oil because right. that you can't have trust. You know, that guy, I don't know who he was, but he didn't build any trust uh, no. and keep it with that statement. And so I can't imagine you're going to be around. Um, and so... Let's get into another question, um, and, I, and I'll ask um, 
I, I've got some questions ahead. Like, um, one is from Frank Walsh. How are MSPs leveraging AI? How, how do we leverage AI is, is part of it. So I wanted to kind of get into that. I've got a number of questions from folks. And by the way, if you're listening uh, live, drop the comments in. We'll take as many as we can, but got a, got a ton. Let's, let's start with that, Rob. Like, how do we, how do we get from the fear to like, are we the snake oil sales guys today? No. Do we, do we wait? No. What do we do? No, no. And, and my snake oil comment tends to come from new vendors that come into this space and go, I'm going to change your life or, you know, I'm going to do this. Um, it's amazing even how many vendors are talking about how their technology is AI based when it really is not. Um, we, the good news here is that we are still on very early days as far as what this is going to look like. And based on experience, and, and this is going to be probably an unpopular opinion outside of our our channel is a lot of a lot of times when these things come in, what they look like isn't what they end up being. So, you know, there's there's going to be this constant ongoing evolution and change of what this is. Is it going to have a significant impact? It could. It might have a minor impact. It might have no impact. And, you know, we've seen this come and go. I was on a panel not that long ago where uh, we talked about um, industry buzz terms and there was about 10 different technologies that were kind of coming that we all needed to be aware of um, uh, things like IOT, like how much, how many people are making money on IOT these days in the MSP channel? But these were all catchphrases, things that we all needed to pay attention to. We, we looked back at that, and this is only probably about six years ago, probably two out of the 10 or anything that's viable. Remember when we started talking about um, drones and how drones were going to change, you know, the MSP opportunity for drones, like, Sure, there's a few minor applications here or there, but ultimately it's not life changing. Nobody's getting massively like widespread rich off of it. So, you know, where is it? Um, there's there's uh, an interesting um, uh, uh, comment or a, a quote um, that I'll use here. It was uh, it was actually John Oliver, who's a comedian, but pretty smart dude. He talked about uh, he did a, a segment on AI, and he talked about how. Um, AI is going to be, uh, AI is going to do, uh, to the white collar industry, what the industrial revolution did to the blue collar industry. And the whole concept behind that is that if, you know, if, if you were back in the, in the days where machines were now replacing human beings on what it was that they were doing, if you were a resistor to that, you, you lost, you were going to lose that battle. And if you still continue to, to want to sit there and stamp widgets all day, something that a machine could easily replace you at, and you didn't evolve, change, educate yourself, grow, try to do something different, and instead learn how the machine works rather than fight the machines, you're going to lose. And I think that, you know, there's, there's a potential where AI has that. Um, you know, I, I, uh, Look at lawyers like lawyers are infamous for for resisting change. Right. They still work in, you know, in, in very old school ways. Try having an AI conversation with a lawyer. They're just going to push back. But at some point in time, you think about how much data or how much information a lawyer has to retain. AI can solve that problem pretty quick. So at some point in time, as a consumer, we're going to have to make a decision where am I going to work with a lawyer or am I going to work with a lawyer that leverages AI? You know, the lawyer's not going away, but the way in which they do their job is going to improve significantly, potentially. We're still not quite there. The, the reason why I think we need to pay a lot of attention to AI is because if you look at the investments that are being made um, between Microsoft, Google, you know, the bigger players that kind of influence not only the day-to-day -day lives of us as consumers, but also, you know, the channel specifically, you look at what Microsoft is doing with Copilot, you know, there is some magical things that they're planning on and working on. And there's things that we just kind of need to embrace and, and kind of run with. Uh, because when you have organizations like that spending billions of dollars in investments to try to bring that to market, you can't ignore it. Um, so, you know, back to the comment I made about the MSP that's like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about AI with my, with my customers. And whenever they call me, I tell them, you know, stay away from it. Um, I open up chat GPT and I plugged in, hey, give me a, um, uh, a bio on this MSP. I won't share his name. And I showed it to him. And immediately, you know, immediately he's like, oh, I got to take a look at this. And now he spent the rest of the meeting, like, digging in through, through ChatGPT <laughs> playing around with it. You know, that's the key to it, right, is, is just kind of getting started and getting, getting comfortable enough with it. No more than what your end users do. I had, um, uh, you know, fast forward with him a couple of months later. Uh, he was planning lunch and learns around cybersecurity, which is what a lot of MSPs are doing. Because, you know, again, cybersecurity, very similar. We need to be on the forefront of that and be able to educate the SMB market on what cybersecurity is. 
Well, now he's running AI lunch and learns because again, it's a hot topic that even the end users will need to know more about. They want to know more about, they hear these terms, they see the articles, they see it talked about all the time. And now here's our opportunity to be the educators and kind of, you don't need to know everything. I mean, again, we're still early, early days on this, but I think just being involved in that conversation is, is probably a critical part to success there. Yeah. Anything that might become a, a, you know, what you said earlier, tying a few comments, when you have Microsoft and or open API, open AI or Google or uh, X or Meta or whomever putting billions each into this, like it's hard to imagine it's just going to disappear, maybe. But I think it's going to have some impact and who knows how much. And you, you risk a lot by not, by avoiding it. You know, do we know everything about cloud? And that's probably the older of the terms. No. Do we know everything about cybersecurity? Certainly not. Do we know anything about AI? Probably barely uh, at all. And so, but you know, you got to start, right? If I just started looking at cybersecurity now, instead of five or 10 years ago, or cloud or whatever, I, you know, it'd be, I would be useless to my, like you said, to the client. Um, I think that if we take a look at kind of where the opportunity is, there's a distinct advantage for us to be able to understand this. And, and, you know, I'll talk a little bit about co-managed IT, which is, you know, not the full outsourced IT uh, that, you know, we, we kind of started with in the managed services space, but instead working with in-house IT teams. We all know that in-house IT teams generally are way behind when it comes to technologies. This is a perfect door opener to try to, you know, work on co-managed opportunities to be that expert because, A, they don't have necessarily the time or, or the uh, ability to go and research this stuff on their own. Um, think about the guy that's still taking tapes home at the end of every night. He's not reading articles on, on AI and educating himself. He's just trying to keep his infrastructure up and going and he's not thinking ahead. So, you know, in my mind, I think this is an opportunity more so for in the MSP space than even the enterprise space, because we have the ability to pivot and change very quickly. We have the ability to sit there and almost Again, almost our responsibility to, to understand this stuff. And if we are the ones as an SMB channel being able to bring this knowledge and information to larger opportunities, that's going to be immensely interesting. Yeah. Well, let's get into that interesting part. Um, I, if I'm an MSP, what should I be doing? You know, the, the, we got, I, I'll ask some more detailed questions. We've got a number of questions that are like, I'll give you one from Steve. W, uh, as an MSP, what should I be telling and teaching my customers to be a little more specific about AI? I think the, well, the good part about this is that the knowledge level within the MSP channel is still very low. Um, the great part about that is that the knowledge level within the end user community is even lower. Um, I think that, uh, you know, very similar to any, think, treat it like any other technology, tinker around with it, read the articles, you know, do the demos. Um, you know, and then being able to kind of in your own way, you'll start finding different applications on how it can be leveraged and how it's going to be used. Understanding how an organization like Microsoft, why are they spending billions of dollars in doing this? Um, and, and, you know, Google's doing exactly the same thing and, and basically bringing that knowledge and, and information out. There's um, great opportunities that are going to come as time goes on. Uh, when it comes to different services that that MSPs are going to be able to offer, right now we're kind of at that at that beginning stage. We're just kind of introducing the idea, bringing down some of the defenses, eliminating some of that fear. I think we're still very very scratching the surface. So you know, what is it? What is the message that we're giving? Like, just start a dialogue. Like we're kind of at that spot right now. And then what you'll do is you'll start seeing how different uh, organizations are going to be leveraging AI in order to be able to bring to the end users. So that they have the um, ability to, 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 in essence, like bring it to market at some point when there's something there. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a hardcore example here from from the MSP space. There's a an organization if you're not familiar with it called Roost R E W S T. Um, basically, uh, you know, if you want to create some fear, Roost basically helps you kind of streamline the, the process in which you troubleshoot issues and, and basically tier one tech. You know, is there a day where AI will take over the job of a tier one tech? This is, again, the guy that's stamping widgets, that's 
terrified that the machine is going to come in and replace them. You know, we're having conversations about how AI could replace basically tier one tech support. Well, this is a great opportunity to look at different organizations, different technologies that are coming. Is it is it completely ready and, and robust? It's getting there. Um, and, and every day they're growing more and more and leveraging, literally leveraging AI to be able to do these types of things. So basically taking a, 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 a term like AI, defining it into how it will impact our lives on a day-to-day basis, and then step two in explaining to your end users or, or even your own organization is how are we going to leverage this so that it makes our lives better, it makes our lives uh, easier, it makes our lives you know, um, uh, more profitable. Uh, save time, save money. I mean, that's that's in essence the conversation that every MSP wants to have with their ultimate end users. If I'm going to save you time, save you money, this is where you're going to to create that value. And I think by introducing these ideas and potentially even introducing new technologies like Copilot, like Roost, like others that are starting to talk about it, uh, I think that's just that's the step one. I think that's just the easiest part right now is is to just dialogue. Just just start with some low hanging fruit, right? And then when, uh, when things do start getting serious, when they do see, you know, an article or an ad or uh, a news piece that the MSP is the one they're calling, right? That's, that's going to be the key. Uh, uh, we're in a stage right now, um, you know, I'm working a little bit of, of this through Pax8, but we're at a stage now where the amount of information that end users, consumers, all of us have uh, at our fingertips, we tend to do a lot of research on our own before we actually call in an expert. It's not like before where, you know, technology is scary. Let me call somebody. We have a whole new generation of people that are not scared of technology, that they're a little more open, almost to a fault because cybersecurity is going by the wayside as a result. You know, I, I'm a you know, perfect example. I'm, I'm actually, um, uh, I need a new washer and dryer. And, you know, what my parents would have done or what I would have done a number of years ago is gone to an appliance shop and just had a conversation with an appliance shop about what's the best washer and dryer for me. I'm not doing that right now. Instead, I'm doing research on my own through the web, through different consumer reports. I'm doing my own research uh, to find out what I, what I want. And then I'm going to go find the product. And, you know, it might not be the best product for me. I, I believe that it is because I've done my own research. What we're finding, and this is Canalis data that just recently came out, is even when it comes to managed services, end users are doing research about two months before they even engage with an MSP. That is scary from the perspective that, A, they're cutting us out of the whole decision-making process, potentially. Um, B, they're making decisions based on information that they are finding, which may not be the most accurate information. Uh, and see that even just the sources that they're going to, how credible are they? How real are they? So, you know, I think this is where us inserting ourselves to go, uh, hey, AI, you see anything about AI? You got questions about AI? You're scared about AI? I'm the person you call, but call me now. Don't wait. Don't go and, and, and go into the tarp decks of, of TikTok to try to figure out what AI is. Call me, you know, your technology provider. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems to me there's an opportunity to help um, help not only from a technology perspective, but help from a fear perspective, help from a rate of change perspective, help from a governance perspective. You know, what, what is, what is your policy? What, what if, you, you know, are you allowed to use your private data in AI uh, about your customers? Are you allowed to take that and publish it? You know, what, what does that look like? How does that affect your business? Are there regulations that might not uh, appreciate that depending on yep. your industry. Um, and, and don't hesitate to bring the fear back in, right? Cause remember fear is the ultimate motivator for what we do. What are the risks? Let's right. walk through what the risks are here when we're talking about these things. I did a, I did a little, uh, keynote, um, uh, talking about, um, you know, those AI generated, uh, uh, profile photos that you can do of yourself. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I went down a rat hill. It was, <laughs> uh, I, I was watching, um, my wife loves putting good morning America on in the morning, right? I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Cause they bounce around from serious news topics to what's hot in the kitchen kind of thing. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for me, that's not, that's not, it's not a, a huge value, but they did a piece on AI and these, these, uh, uh, profile photos that people can do generated AI selfies of themselves and, sh- and stuff. So, um, I'm watching this article and that it was actually this, this report and they were actually genuinely talking about risk 
And they were talking about, you know, understand where's the app coming from? Who owns it? What data are they getting from you? Those kinds of conversations. Um, and then ended the story by going, and by the way, here's, here's my self-generated AI. And they did it for all the different broadcasters. It's like, you just, like, you just gave this advice about risk and then you just completely dismissed it by getting it sucked into the fun part of this. And I think that's where, you know, that's 3 million people that watch that, that report and 3 million people, are they sitting there going, well, let's do some research on where this app is coming from and what data it's scraping. No. Instead, they're all just going and doing self-generated AI pictures of themselves now. And when you actually do root it back, the one that they were talking about specifically, and I'm not suggesting by any means that it's nefarious, but it is, it is a Russian-built technology. And you know, it does take a lot of data and does require a lot of access to personal data on your phones. So, Yeah, and even if you use it on your computer, even if it's a vendor that's you know, U.S.-based, right? Who will? Once you upload your face, is it their property? Can it be reused? You know, once you upload your content, your what you what is maybe patented or or your customer list, right? Where where you know? So there's a lot of those questions that need to be sorted out before you just start handing that out, because otherwise you didn't read the T's and C's, and they own your face or they own your content now, or you've given up your patent all of a sudden or whatever it is in your business because you handed it over to the chatbot to generate some cool images or a or an interesting marketing angle, right? That, that can be fun, but like, you know, we, we, I don't, I think like anything, when it changes this fast, we, as humans, it's hard to change as fast, right? Yeah, the, the rate of change is just continuing to get faster. So but that's the, sure this is the advantage and that's the opportunity because we cannot keep up with it. But if you become an expert that is at least trying to keep on top of it, that's where you're going to win. Interestingly, I have a, probably a um, closest friend that I've got uh, he's in the investment space and he is wildly interested in this and he's starting to put uh, dollars into a lot of different AI companies that are coming out, whereas his wife is an artist and she hates the idea of AI because, you know, AI is not creating anything new from an art perspective. Instead, it's taking, like you said, proprietary, you know, uh, like people art that people have created and kind of mashing it together and re reusing that without the artists themselves being compensated in any way for that. So it's interesting watching the two of them where one is looking at this from a massive investment perspective on how to make money. And the other is like, this is the worst thing that can happen to humankind. If we get together and have those conversations, we're going to win all day long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's actually right. Well, so uh, another question I've got, John, John W. says, how can I use AI to augment help desk? And do, do you recommend they get started? Do we, do we just start having conversations with our clients? Should, should uh, MSP start trying to augment help desk is a question he asked. Should we wait for the vendors that produce the help desk tools? What, what's your thoughts on this? How, how, how early adopter should it be? How, how deep should we get? Yeah. There's a there's an old adage in our space that you never want to be first to market. You want to be second to market because the first to market are always the ones that kind of come in. They experiment around. They try to figure out the, the price and everything like that. And a lot of times they don't make it. They don't necessarily survive. It's kind of the second to market is the one that kind of learns from the mistakes of the first to market there. And by no means am I saying that we shouldn't be you know, adventuresome. You know, again, no risk, no reward. But I think there's a... Um, uh, a, a certain level of control or a certain level of, of, of like, just, there's no rush here. There's no rush. Right. And, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that think that they can come into this space and make a ton of money out of the gate because nobody else is doing it. That tends to, to not come to fruition a lot of times. I think it's, it's something that, you know, and I use this term all the time. We're not in a revolution. The MSP space and technology is not a revolution. It's an evolution. And mm -hmm. this is going to be a conversation that we're going to have still five years from now. Think about cybersecurity. We're still trying to figure out how to, how to uh, talk about cybersecurity with end users. What's the right plan? Do I look at CIS? Do I look at NIST? Do I, you know, work with the government regulations? Do I ignore those? Compliance comes in. And we're still all trying to figure that out. Um, so this is not, there's no rush to, to doing this. There are a number of different technologies and, and vendors that are coming to market with technology that's going to leverage AI from a help desk perspective. Should you be aware of them? Absolutely, you should. Do you need to go and buy them all right now? 
Not necessarily. It depends on whether it works for your business. I think that's kind of some of the lower hanging fruit that we're going to see. I think that's kind of some of the early stuff that we're going to be able to bring to market from a from an AI perspective. But is it right for your business right now? Is it right for your end users right now? I think that's something that's a, an individual choice. But I think the key is just, you know, at least be knowledgeable about what it looks like, even if it's not right for your business right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the conversations I've had with a few that seem to get into the tech is also how much of the control are you giving away? I mean, at the end of the day, if the vendor A's tool does the same thing and five of you in the same city buy it, is the, all the level one responses basically now the same? Or do you have this niche you've carved out with architects or accountants or something and you have this knowledge that you could train the AI or, or whatever on that, that brings some of the knowledge to bear that makes it a little better and makes the handoff to the real person that maybe is level yeah. two more seamless instead of just like, yes, you've asked a question. Here's, here's what I found on Google. Um, yeah. and, uh, um, and that sort of thing. So I think there's, there's at least questions to be had, maybe, maybe not the answers. Um, I think though at the end of the day, and this is similar conversation we've been having for for 20 years at the end of the day what's going to differentiate your business is not the technology stack that you have what's going to differentiate your business is the service that you provide around that and users make decisions not based on what vendors are on your or in your stack i mean i think uh at least last numbers i saw i think 60 percent of msps don't even mention what vendors are in the stack it's the service that the msp is offering that's the value add so you know, are you at risk of losing business if another MSP comes in and says, I'm all AI driven? Probably not yet. Uh, but if you have, again, enough knowledge to be able to offset that to go, hey, you know, end user, that sounds wonderful, but let me give you the truth. It's not quite there yet. And, you know, here's here's what that actually looks like and what that actually means. And, you know, by, by no means is it better. So I think at the end of the day, we still have to remember that um, it's not going to be the tech that's in your stack that's going to create new business for you. It's, it's going to continue to be the service that you provide always will be, which is, which is why organizations, large enterprise organizations struggle to do SMB sales without including the MSP in that sale. I hear it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly from enterprise organizations, brand names you all know who come to me going, Hey, I want to sell in the MSP or SMB space. But every time I call, and now it's even starting to happen in the mid to larger market where these, these vendors are calling end users directly and saying, Hey, buy my stuff. And they're like, you got to talk to my MSP. I'm not making that decision. They call the MSP and the MSP is like, you don't even have a partner program. I'm not interested in selling your stuff. So, you know, there's still that kind of like barrier that the MSPs still have that protection over all this space. So even as, you know, these vendors and this technology becomes sexier and cooler, um, it's still going to be the MSP that's going to dictate whether they should or should not be in the stack. As it should be. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Speaking of that, in terms of like what should you do, what should you include, I just want to mention real quickly, this show is brought to you by Servocity and in terms of recovery, there's two things we do differently. There's tons of great tools out there, but the two that we do differently are allow you to differentiate yourself because backups are probably not how you differentiate yourself. So we manage them for you. That's number one. Number two, we do all the testing daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly. That way you can prove it. You can fit in with your compliance frameworks. And more importantly, you can rest easy knowing you can actually recover instead of wondering, instead of building your own processes, instead of trying to differentiate on things that are perhaps not your real differentiator. So if your business is to understand your customer and to not just talk about your tech stack, but to actually provide value, then maybe take a look over at servocity.com slash call. If you'd like to chat, it doesn't matter if it's about AI. It doesn't matter if it's about backups. Happy to talk with you myself. If you want to talk about how we manage it, how we test it, and if that's different and if it matters to your business, then, then uh, take a look at it over there. And lastly, whether it makes sense to do business or not, I was an MSP that lost data. So I give away my entire process. You can use any tool on the market to do what we're doing. Just, just have a really good process because with cybersecurity day, you're going to need it. Well, thank you for the moment to just to talk about that, Rob. So I wanted to switch and talk about what you're, what you're besides being so responsive known for, which is sales. So how do I make money? Are we ready yet? Can I make money? How do I sell it? A lot of the questions are, 
how are MSP selling to their client base? How do we leverage AI? How do I choose which ones? What do I tell my clients? How do I charge for it? You know, but a lot of the comments and questions I'm getting are like, what the heck do I do with this? And can I make money yet? We're not quite there yet. I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, I think that, again, you got to look at stuff that we can commoditize really quickly without putting too much risk. Uh, risk to your business, risk to your process, risk to your end users. Um, when we look at kind of some of the the commoditized things, um, I think that uh, you look at what Copilot's doing and and bringing to market. Uh, you know, we're all fairly Microsoft centric, so I think that's a safe place to kind of start. Um, when you want to talk about, like, I, I've got this um, this add on to my Outlook now. Um, and forgive me again, I'm not technology driven, so I'm not, I'm going to bastardize this real bad, but, uh, (laughs) I got this, (laughs) this, uh, beta, uh, set up on my outlook now where, um, I'm terrible with email as well. uh, basically sums up if, you know, if somebody's, there's this chain conversation that's happened, you know, over the course of 10 different emails from three different people. Uh, there's this little plugin that it's, I've got that just kind of like summarizes everything for you. So you need to you basically saving me a ton of time as to whether I need to dig back through these 10 emails. I know that's probably pretty basic for a lot of what um, MSPs are, are looking at. But remember, I'm thinking like your end user. Uh, these are the types of conversations that we can start having uh, as far as value add and kind of what's available today. Um, again, going to trusted vendors like a Microsoft is a perfect example of that, or looking at MSP centric vendors. I mentioned Roost before as, as one of those that's spending a lot of time and, and money in AI. Those are the types of things that I think we can look at. Um, every organization is talking about it. Uh, even PAX 8, we did our, our user conference back in June, and a big portion of what we are talking about is how we're going to start leveraging AI to try to make the MSP mind or the MSP business uh, better, sexier, faster more profitable. Like those are all the things that all these vendors are looking at. Look for those, look for those that, and you don't have to leave our own backyard to figure that out because uh, every vendor in this space is talking about how they're going to, if not already leveraging AI. Um, the other piece I would, I would recommend there was a, a, um, a, a, a YouTube video that uh, Satya did, uh, Satya is the, the CEO of Microsoft he did it back. I want to say it was in March of this year of 2023, where he talked about kind of the future of what office is going to look like with AI blew my mind. I'm sitting there thinking, I don't really want to watch a 30 minute video of, of a Microsoft ad, but Holy cow. If you start looking at some of the things that they're thinking about on how to leverage this, and it's not just them, it's all the vendors that are in the space. Um, Every keynote that we saw was at it nation. They talked about AI on stage, you know, um, Dig in and, and just see where where the vendors are heading with these things, and just be aware. There again, wait till it's commoditized. Though there's no rush. There is no rush to plug in something that you're weary of or unfamiliar with. So what you're saying is, I don't have to download and build my own GPT or LLM and try to train it and figure out a competitive advantage. And uh, a little wiser to let Microsoft and uh, even if it's not them, Roost or. ConnectWise or fill in the blank that's putting in all this dollars collectively um, to to bring those solutions to market and then decide which of those works better. As much as as much as I'm sure people are cringing when we say that, because, you know, a lot of times there's that level of, of uh, you know, is the vendor doing the right thing versus just, you know, leveraging something new and shiny to try to get more recurring revenue out of us. Um, I think, yes, that's definitely a route we should go. Hey, look, we learned from history. Uh, I remember when cloud was becoming a thing and how many MSPs invested in opening up their own cloud you know, pieces and buying warehouse space and racks and servers to try to create their own clouds and then take that to market just to be somewhat, most of it, destroyed by the larger organizations that came in and completely commoditized it, you know, yeah. and uh, if, if they knew then what they know now probably wouldn't have made those big investments back in the day to try to do something that really never came to fruition. Yeah. I've never understood that. I remember one time there was one, and most people can't spend this, but they're, they're, they're borrowing, they're doing this, they're going to put $15 million into that kind of infrastructure, not counting the building, but like the, all the other pieces, which is a ton. Like how many MSPs can do that? Almost none. And, and it's just like, guys, 
the big guys put 15 billion in this year. Like, you yes. know, it's, it's, it's not even a, a 10 X it's, you know, a thousand X it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a level playing field. Um, so the opportunity to make money isn't quite there. Opportunity, opportunity to educate is there. Is that, is that where I, we I, are? At the moment? Yeah, I, yeah. I would agree with, I would agree with that. Um, definitely the opportunity to educate. I think, we're going to see drips and drabs of opportunities to make. It's more so, I think, it, this is going to come from saving money more so than making money. And I think that's the other aspect that we need to keep in mind here. You know, we have a tendency to look at something and how much margin can we add and how do we sell it to the end user, which is, you know, the traditional way of of how we've sold technology. But, you know, the other side of this is also making sure how do you reduce your bottom line? And I think that's where a lot of the AI is going to do that. Um, and also, I think the most important part of this, too, is, um, don't let your staff, your engineers resist, um, resist this because if, if your end users are feeling fear, a lot of our, our, our internal staff are fearing fear, fearing fear, um, as a result, I don't know if that's, that's a thing, fear, fear. Uh, but you know, as a result of, of, oh, I've got to learn something new or I've got to change, or this could potentially replace something that I do every day. Um, that in your mind might be monotonous and, and can be automated, but in their mind is what's keeping them gamefully employed and, and valuable. So, you know, again, I think there's a lot of that too is, um, you know, how do we pivot and change away these people away from being the widget stampers and starting to think about how they work on the machines that are the widget stampers. Well said. Now I was, I was talking to somebody that was very technical. And from my pers- my frame, my mindset was you have nothing to worry because you are so much more valuable. You're not a widget stamper. You're, they weren't a level one, but they were a tech person kind of in the tech support chain. And I was just like, they're great. They're valuable. It's somebody that I know. And they were just like, I have fear about this. Tons of fear. And I think a certain amount is certainly rational, but like they, they really had, it surprised me how much like their response was not in the middle. It was really over on the fear side. And so I think it's important to acknowledge that even if it's been people that you know or have worked with for years and years and years, that, that everybody's going to have a little different response, a little different reaction because, you know, that fear. And you mentioned industrial revolution. You know, somebody made a comment recently. They were saying, you know, all the the um, less skilled labor was worried the robots were going to take their jobs. And obviously, there's a there's a valid place for rob the robots and for you know that. But they were like, it looks like the you know, the, 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 the less skilled white collar workers are really the ones that need to be worried, right. With this era. So I get it. There's some real, um, justification there, but having that conversation, cause it, it surprised me as I've talked to some that I'm just like, you're really, you're quite skilled. Like, I think there's a long way to go for, but it doesn't matter. Right. Fear isn't, um, and fear isn't, uh, based in logic and intellect and, 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 and then we have some, a thing that's so new, whatever you think it does today, just wait till tomorrow. Um, yeah. so yeah, th- those are, those are really interesting conversations. Any, uh, tips or takeaways of when you talk to your staff, go do this or make sure you're always doing that. It's, it, it is, it is challenging them to, to be that open-minded and go in and learn something new. And, and, you know, I've used this before and it's not for everybody. And, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had the luxury of working for very large organizations that, you know, we have the ability to, to give mostly our techs, our engineers time to not work on what's kind of in front of them, but it was a, an allotment of time per week, per month where they would go and try to learn something new or, or try to just, you know, go and learn something that, that, that is outside of what it is that they're currently doing on their day to day. And I think what you'll find is, you know, the, the ideas will flow through, the, the open mindedness will flow through, uh, the opportunity to kind of expand their horizons will kind of flow through. Um, and it's hard, it, you know, it's that whole, um, you know, we've been saying this in the MSP space, like, uh, take time to work uh, on your business rather than in your business. And, and again, you know, it's, it's very easy for, for me to say that. Um, but I find that the most successful MSPs are the ones that kind of take that time to, to push their staff to be a little more open-minded, a little more adventuresome when it comes to looking at what's next, what's new, what's cool. Uh, again, just more of that education side as opposed to go find me a tool that we can add to the stack or go find me a new tech that I can go and sell you know, something along those lines. I think this uh, is, is, it's important. It is important. And again, that's going to 
force us to be a little more open-minded when it comes to things like this. I think push is a good word. I got something out of that. Push them because I think I've been guilty of saying, gosh, you guys are all smart engineers, techs, all these things. So you're so curious. You're, all, you're almost always looking into something, but it may just be their one area they're comfortable with. They don't want to learn about AI or they don't want to learn about cybersecurity or cloud or whatever it is that they might not be. And it's, that's an individual you know, comfort level. So pushing, you know, look into different things, try. Um, and uh, uh, so I think that's really cool. I, I, I imagine the challenge, I, too, though, the challenge too, though, is as we get older, we, we want to do less and less of those things, right? Because mm-hmm. we just kind of, the goal is just to get to the end here without, without creating any pain. And, uh, you know, you think about kind of the, the younger staff that are coming in and they're very adventuresome and very open-minded and very trying to learn everything new. Um, whereas, uh, we tend to lose that over time. It's, it's amazing how many MSPs, uh, now business owners. And I think you might put yourself in this category at one point in time, were probably the best engineer, the best tech that you had, and then you just kind of lose touch with that when you're spending more time in boardrooms and reviewing, spreadsheets and balance sheets and you kind of lose touch with what's new in the tech and all of a sudden you're hiring people that are way smarter than you which is awesome but also you know that's kind of a condition of of you know what we where we push ourselves we just get comfortable and stay in our stay in our lanes and uh you know try not to do anything that might disrupt that yeah no no yeah i think if you don't give up that chief tech mantle you know you're 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 the bottleneck that's been at least my personal experience and now I get the joy of hiring amazing people that are much smarter. Uh, and, you know, my mantra is hire smart people so they can tell me what to do, not the other way around. So, yeah, exactly. uh, so, and sometimes they come with interesting perspectives and they're learning stuff I never thought of, or maybe they looked into some AI or whatever. Maybe it's not AI, maybe it's cybersecurity, maybe it's even cloud, but we just hadn't thought of that angle. And we're like, wow, this could really make a big difference to our business, to our clients. Yeah, um, absolutely. Last question on AI, which I imagine I know what you might say, but I want to ask because you got this question asked. What, what are your top tools? What do you recommend other than ChatGPT? Or what should I use? Or which tools should I use? Or which stack should I get? I got, I got a ton of this. So, I think, I think we, we beat that dead horse. It's not that simple. It's just not right. that simple. We, we're still thinking, you know, in a lot of ways, like resellers, what, what, what product can I plug in and, and what margin well, should I be adding? line card? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's An not official that official open AI reseller. You can get yeah. it for you know a dollar less a month. <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I'll reiterate it again, and I think you said it as well. Look at the organizations that are playing in our space that are MSP centric, mm-hmm. and what are they doing? And the answers to that question will will come if they're not there already. Right. All right. This has been awesome, Rob. I feel like I could do this all afternoon, but we can't. So thank you. This has been a uh, privilege and an honor to have you uh, talk to me and to the entire community about AI and the challenges and the fear and the opportunity. Um, tell us how to connect. Tell us what you care about. Give us give us uh, an opportunity and a, a view into your world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, if you want to get a hold of me, my, my email address is rrae at pax8.com. Um, otherwise LinkedIn, Facebook, all those different things, Been a little turned off at Twitter lately. I haven't, I used to talk about Twitter a lot. I don't, uh, for some reason, haven't been leveraging it lately. Maybe that's aging out. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, please super happy to, to get, uh, involved and, and have these conversations. And, you know, I try to, I, you know, I appreciate that, you, you know, I always, you, you've recognized that I try to be available for as much as I possibly can. And I, and I do. Um, but I'm not by any, by any means perfect at it. So, um, you know, please uh, just be persistent with me and eventually we'll we'll get something done. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to, to engage with anybody that needs anything, um, PAX 8 or not. So, Yeah, no, no, that's – I appreciate that. That's what I know of you. Maybe there'll be an AI for that that will organize Maybe. your inbox and, <laughs> and, and get everybody in order so that – um, no, I meant that genuinely that just the comments I saw from others is how available you've made yourself. And certainly sometimes that leads to amazing growth for what you're doing. And certainly I think it's just been to help. So that's been amazing. Um, thank you for that, Rob. Um, this has been super incredibly informative to me and incredibly helpful. So um, everybody listening, if, if you'll uh, make sure to, to leave a like, a comment, share, reach out to Rob. I know he's the kind of 
guy that would love to connect. Thank you for being here, Rob. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, guys, next week, not two weeks, we normally have every, but it is next Thursday. We are getting into CMMC. So if you hate it, fear it, either way, if you have to deal with it, you're going to want to be here because we have Toby Musser, CEO of MNS Group. He is an MSP, so he has to live with it like you do, but he is a C3PAO, or um, I know that sounds like Star Wars, but he is an actual assessor of this stuff. So if you want to understand it through the lens of somebody who's going to be assessing you or your client, then you're going to want to be here. And most importantly, I've gotten the opportunity to speak with him. I have never heard anybody explain it so simply. I can't understand this stuff until less I talk to him. So if you have anything related to compliance, not only CMMC, ISO, SOC 2, et cetera, but especially CMMC, make sure to be here next week. Guys, thank you for this episode of MSP Mindset. You can find us mspmindset.com slash news or the MSP Mindset wherever you social. Thank you guys and have a wonderful week.